0: Headspace Hi, it's Andy here and welcome to Radio Headspace and a Thursday morning So a few days back We were having a chat amongst the team about the most sort of interesting place we've ever meditated. It might be a particular country, it might be a particular environment. But if you have a regular meditation practice, you'll probably have a spot that you remember. A particular time, a particular image just before you close your eyes or just after you open your eyes. And look, it doesn't matter. The truth is we can meditate anywhere whether we open our eyes and we're looking at a blank wall in front of us or whether we open our eyes and we look at an incredible landscape spread out in front of us. They're both equally as valuable, and yet one is likely to be more memorable than the other. I loved hearing the stories from people, these different places that they'd been to. And I was even showing them, I had a picture of my son actually sitting meditating in the tree one day. But as I was thinking back, they were asking me sort of, you know, I've been to a lot of different places and been meditating for a little while. So where do you remember meditating? And funny enough, it wasn't a formal meditation that sprung to mind, but it was a time where I had no choice, actually, but to focus on my breath, close my eyes, and find a place of calm, if for no other reason than fear for losing my life. As some of you know, kind of, I spent a little bit of time in Russia, and towards the end of my time in Russia, I had come to the end of my time as a monk, but I had a number of months left in Russia. And a friend of mine very kindly organized for me to go to Far Eastern Russia to a place called Kamchatka. Um, If you were around when Trivial Pursuit was a thing back in the 1980s, you might remember Kamchatka. It came up, it's part of the Pacific Rim of Fire. It's over sort of by Northern Japan, kind of curls around, it's a volcanic peninsula. You fly from Moscow and I think it took about 10 hours. You're still in Russia. You fly for 10 hours, but you're still in the same country. It's an extraordinary place and a place that if you can ever get to, I would thoroughly recommend. I remember flying into Kamchatka and looking down on these volcanoes covered in snow and thinking it was just the most magical landscape that I had ever seen. Anyway, we were doing some snowboarding there. And snowboarding, I hadn't done a lot of snowboarding. I hadn't done any snowboarding for over 10 years at that point. And I probably should have taken a bit, bit more time to ease my way back into snowboarding before going sort of from a helicopter in kamchatka anyway i found myself in this situation very fortunate situation and i found myself going down a particular volcano with a group and there was an instructor or a guide at the front and a guide at the back and probably about i don't know 10 12 of us in the middle and as we got about two-thirds down the mountain the instructor behind the guide behind went on ahead They're really there at the top to make sure that there's no risk of avalanches and to help you kind of out if you get into a a tricky situation. But as the volcano sort of flattens out a little bit, the assumption is that everyone's okay. Now, if you don't know much about Kamchatka, you probably don't. It's the most insane place. The snow is so deep. I remember when we first landed in the place where we were staying, all I could see were these little sort of black and white boards poking out the top of the snow and these little orange rings. And I asked the guy what it is and he said, that's the top of the basketball net. He said, you're standing on top of a basketball court. The snow was that deep. Because of these geothermal vents that happen, it's a volcanic area, they create these sort of circles in the snow. So you can very easily find sort of a 10 meter deep hole going all the way down to these underground vents and rivers that flow down to the Pacific Ocean. They create a huge amount of heat. So essentially you have these hot underwater rivers. So anyway, on this day, we were coming down the volcano. The guide went past me and I was just enjoying, kind of. I wasn't really sort of looking too closely. It looked very clear and flat in front of me. There was really nothing to see. We were going fairly fast. And then at the last moment, before I had the opportunity to do anything, I realized I was going off the edge of one of these holes. Now the hole was big enough, there was no way that I was gonna clear it. And in my panic, in my mind, I, just, I struggled in the air. I guess as you would, right? I knew I was going down, but I just thrashed around in the air. And in thrashing around, I was going fast enough that the back of my board stuck into the opposite side of the wall of the hole probably about three feet down, too far down to even be able to reach the edge of the hole with my arms. And I found myself in that moment. So with my back to the snow, the back of the snowball wedged into the hole, all I could see as I looked up was the sky. I couldn't see any of the surrounding countryside at all. Everyone else had skied, had snowballed ahead of me. This is not a place where you want to get lost. No one's really kind of going to find you. And as I looked down, all I could see was this steaming river flowing down under the ground, under the snow, down to the Pacific Ocean. And I have to say, you know, still now to this day, as I think about it, it brings goosebumps all over my body. My assumption at that time was that eventually the side of the the hole would give way and I would fall into the river. And well, there was probably only one way to, to go from there. And as I stood there, standing on the board, you know, kind of looking directly ahead of me to the other side, I felt such a surge of panic. I had no choice but to engage what I'd learned in that moment to let go of the panic, to let go of the fear, and actually just focus on my breath. And the extraordinary thing was, of course, it was in the countryside, but even in that moment of panic, the breath offered a place of comfort, a place of familiarity. It was so quiet I could hear my heartbeat in that moment. And as I think back, that is still to this day one of the most extraordinary places that I've ever found to meditate, one of the most extraordinary places that I can remember and experience of meditation. That even in amongst the fear, the anxiety of that moment, there was a quietness and a solitude that I perhaps hadn't experienced before now look thankfully well obviously i'm still here i'm still Chang. i didn't fall into the river they all got to the helicopter and they realized that there was someone missing and they all came back up the hill with ropes and carabiners and everything else and they eventually managed to kind of get me out of the out of the hole but there was a moment there where i really didn't know and i feel like there's something in that not knowing that's really valuable in our meditation it kind of cuts through it slices through even the most challenging of mind states and creates an opportunity for us to be truly present even if it is way outside of our comfort zone in whatever situation we find ourselves in life thanks for coming on that little journey to Kamchatka with me today thanks for listening today I look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow